Chapter 7 Salvation of Trinavarta The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is full of six opulences, namely, complete wealth, complete strength, complete fame, complete knowledge, complete beauty, and complete renunciation. The Lord appears in different, complete, eternal forms of incarnation. The conditioned soul has immense opportunity to hear about the transcendental activities of the Lord in these different incarnations. In the Bhagavad Gita it is said, Janma karma chame divyam. The pastimes and activities of the Lord are not material. They are beyond the material conception. But the conditioned soul can benefit by hearing such uncommon activities. Hearing is an opportunity to associate with the Lord. To hear His transcendental activities is to evolve to the transcendental nature, simply by hearing. The conditioned soul has a natural aptitude to hear something about other conditioned souls in the form of fiction, drama, and novel. That inclination to hear something about others may be utilized in hearing the pastimes of the Lord. Then, one can immediately evolve to his transcendental nature. Krishna's pastimes are not only beautiful, they are also pleasing to the mind. If someone takes advantage of hearing the pastimes of the Lord, the material contamination of dust, accumulated in the heart due to long association with the material nature, can be immediately cleansed. Lord Chaitanya also instructed that simply by hearing the transcendental name of Lord Krishna, one can cleanse the heart of all material contamination. There are different processes for self-realization, but this process of devotional service, of which hearing is the most important function, when adopted by any conditioned soul, will automatically cleanse him of the material contamination and enable him to realize his real, constitutional position. Conditional life is due to this contamination only, and as soon as it is cleared off, then naturally the dormant function of the living entity, rendering service to the Lord, awakens. By developing his eternal relationship with the Supreme Lord, one becomes eligible to create friendship with the devotees. Maharaj Parikit recommended, from practical experience, that everyone try to hear about the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. This Krishna treatise is meant for that purpose, and the reader may take advantage in order to attain the ultimate goal of human life. The Lord, out of His causeless mercy, descends on this material world and displays His activities just like an ordinary man. Unfortunately, the impious entities or atheistic class of men consider Krishna to be an ordinary man like themselves, and so they deride Him, this is condemned in the Bhagavad Gita by the Lord Himself when He says, Avajananti mam mudha. The mudhas, or rascals, take Krishna to be an ordinary man or slightly more powerful man. Out of their great misfortune, they cannot accept Him as the supreme personality of Godhead. Sometimes such unfortunate persons misrepresent themselves as incarnations of Krishna without referring to authorized scriptures. When Krishna grew up a little more, he began to turn himself backside up. He did not merely lie down on his back. 
And another function was observed by Yasoda and Nanda Maharaj, Krishna's first birthday. They arranged for Krishna's birthday ceremony, which is still observed by all followers of the Vedic principles. Krishna's birthday ceremony is observed in India by all Hindus, irrespective of the different sectarian views. All the cowherd men and women were invited to participate, and they arrived in great jubilation. A nice band played, and the people assembled enjoyed it. All the learned Brahmins were invited, and they chanted Vedic hymns for the good fortune of Krishna. During the chanting of these Vedic hymns and playing of the bands, Krishna was bathed by Mother Yasoda. This bathing ceremony is technically called Abhishek, and even today this is observed in the temples of Vrindavan on Janmashtami Day, the birthday anniversary of Lord Krishna. On this occasion, Mother Yasoda arranged to distribute a large quantity of grains, and first-class cows decorated with golden ornaments were made ready to be given in charity to the learned, respectable Brahmins. Yasoda took her bath and dressed herself nicely, and, taking child Krishna, duly dressed and bathed on her lap, she sat down to hear the Vedic hymns chanted by the Brahmins. While listening to the chanting of the Vedic hymns, the child appeared to be falling asleep, and therefore Mother Yasoda very silently laid him down on the bed. Being engaged in receiving all kinds of friends and relatives and residents of Vrindavan on that holy occasion, she forgot to feed the child milk. He was crying, being hungry, but Mother Yasoda could not hear him cry because of the various noises. The child, however, became very angry because he was hungry and his mother was not paying attention to him. So he lifted his legs and began to kick his lotus feet like an ordinary child. Baby Krishna had been placed beneath a hand-driven cart, and while he was kicking his legs, he accidentally touched the wheel of the cart, and it collapsed. Various kinds of utensils and brass and metal dishes had been piled on that cart, and they all fell down with a great noise. The wheel of the cart separated from the axle, and the spokes of the wheel were all broken and scattered hither and thither. Mother Yasoda and the gopis, as well as Maharaj Nanda and the cowherd men, were astonished as to how the cart could have collapsed by itself. All the men and women who were assembled for the holy function crowded around and began to suggest how the cart might have collapsed. No one could ascertain the cause, but some small children who were entrusted to play with baby Krishna informed the crowd that it was due to Krishna's striking his feet against the wheel. They assured the crowd that they had seen how it happened with their own eyes, and they strongly asserted this point. Some were listening to the statements of the small children, but others said, How can you believe the statements of these children? The cowherd men and women could not understand that the all-powerful personality of Godhead was lying there as a baby, and he could do anything. Both the possible and impossible were in his power. While the discussion was going on, baby Krishna cried. Without remonstration, Madhya Soda picked up the child on her lap and called the Vedic Brahmins to chant the holy Vedic hymns to counteract the evil spirits. At the same time, she allowed baby Krishna to suck her breasts. If a child sucks the mother's breasts nicely, it is to be understood that he is out of all danger. After this, all the stronger cowherd men put the broken cart in order, and the scattered things were set up nicely, as before. 
The Brahmins thereafter began to offer oblations to the sacrificial fire with yogurt, butter, kusha grass, and water. They worshipped the Supreme Personality of Godhead for the good fortune of the child. The Brahmins who were present at that time were all qualified because they were not envious. They never indulged in untruthfulness. They were never proud. They were non-violent, and they never claimed any false prestige. They were all bona fide Brahmins, and there was no reason to think that their blessings would be useless. With firm faith in the qualified Brahmins, Maharaj Nanda took the child on his lap and bathed him with water mixed with various herbs, while the Brahmins chanted hymns from the Rig, Yajur, and Samavedas. It is said that without being a qualified Brahmin, one should not read the mantras of the Vedas. Here is the proof that the Brahmins were qualified with all Brahminical symptoms. Maharaj Nanda also had full faith in them. Therefore, they were allowed to perform the ritualistic ceremonies by chanting these Vedic mantras. There are many different varieties of sacrifices recommended for different purposes, but the mantras are all to be chanted by qualified Brahmins. And because in this age of Kali, such qualified Brahmins are not available, all Vedic ritualistic sacrifices are forbidden. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has therefore recommended only one kind of sacrifice in this age, namely Sankirtan Yagya, or simply chanting the Maha Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. As the Brahmins chanted the Vedic hymns and performed the ritualistic ceremonies for the second time, Nanda Maharaj again gave huge quantities of grains and many cows to them. All the cows which were given in charity were covered with nice gold-embroidered garments, and their horns were bedecked with golden rings. Their hoofs were covered with silver plate, and they wore garlands of flowers. He gave so many cows just for the welfare of his wonderful child, and the Brahmins in return bestowed their heartfelt blessings. And the blessings offered by the able Brahmins were never to be baffled.